You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for your love and we thank you for the children. We thank you for the joy, the laughter, the blessing that they are. And Lord, we pray that this morning we too might realize that just as we love those children, you love us. And Father, I pray for every person right now hearing these words, that they would hear you speaking to their heart. Maybe they feel something. Maybe they're thinking about something. Or maybe they're just aware of an emptiness, a hollowness inside. And even there, Lord, we pray, speak, Lord. Speak there. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, after that night that I came to know Jesus, the most exciting years of my life entailed after that. The next two or three years were the best years of my life. I never had more fun. I never had better friends. I never felt more purpose in my life. And I had more joy and peace than I'd ever known before. But after three years, something happened. I began to experience the greatest trial in my life up until that time. Instead of having the greatest peace and joy I'd ever known, I was now experiencing the greatest darkness, sorrow, and depression I'd ever known. And I began to wonder where God was. I began to wonder what happened to all the love? What happened to all the joy? What happened to all the peace? I still wanted God and I was desperately searching for him, but I couldn't find him. I was looking for him. I was trying to find him in any way I could. I was in a bookstore one day, and I saw this sticker. And I really liked the sticker because it spoke about something that I felt that I wanted, but I didn't quite understand at that moment. And that sticker I put on, on my Bible, and, and this is the sticker. You can't, it's sort of hard to see. I just took a picture of it. It's all worn out now, but it's still on my Bible. And it says, joy is not the absence of suffering but the presence of the Lord. Joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of the Lord. And I had that on my Bible, but I still didn't feel joy. I still didn't feel God's presence, but I wanted him so very much. But I didn't know where he was. And I think back to that first Christmas when I began to know Jesus. And I think back to those verses that speak to me even now and that speak to us now about joy and about peace and about God's presence. And these words are the words that offer hope to us. These are the words that offer God's promise to us. And these are the scriptures that we've been looking at for the last few weeks in this little series on God's advent to us in Jesus. Would you stand with me? in honor of God and in his word. And let us read these scriptures out loud together. Let's begin. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, 
And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Please be seated. Prince of Peace. This is what I wanted. This is what I needed. And maybe this morning, this is something that you long for too. The world longs for peace. We talk about peace. We hear about peace all the time. There's the idea of world peace. There are peace treaties. We long for peace among people. We long for peace among our neighbors. We need peace among our co-workers, our bosses, our employees. Even in the church, we desperately need peace. Because there's too often factions between Christians and the need for reconciliation there. We long for peace in our homes, and and maybe you're there right now too. Peace between a husband and a wife, between mom and dad. Peace between parents and children. Or even peace between brothers and sisters, or brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters. We all need peace. And the Bible talks about peace, not just in these verses in the Old Testament. The New Testament has so much to say about peace, too, and all the types of pieces that we were just talking about, world peace, peace treaties, peace between people. It's all there. In fact, in the New Testament, the 27 books, 26 of them talk about peace. Only one doesn't have the word peace in it. God is a God of peace, and he wants us to know that peace. But too often, we're experiencing conflict. Too often, we're experiencing some kinds of pain, some kinds of tension, but we have that need still. Just like I had that need for joy, and I had to learn that joy wasn't the absence of suffering, well, I also had to learn that peace wasn't the absence of conflict. And so for today, I'd like us to think about this, that peace, peace is not the absence of conflict. All because we have peace doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is the presence of Emmanuel, of God with us. Peace is the presence of God with us. And the peace that begins all peace The peace that is a prerequisite to all these other peace that we talk about, from world peace to peace with my mom and dad to peace between husband and wife, is peace that is within us. It begins in our hearts. It's peace of mind. It is peace of heart. It's peace in our soul. It's peace from a guilty conscience. It's peace from a spirit that has chaos. It's peace from emotions out of control. God wants us to have peace. He's speaking to you today to invite you to have peace. And in what remains of today's message, I want to talk about how I believe God gives us that peace. But I also want to give you later at the end of this message an opportunity to respond to that peace. And so I want you to be ready to respond to God at the end of this message so that you could have the peace that you want and that you could have the peace that God wants to give to you. So we look at peace and we begin with the Prince of Peace. We look at our scriptures and we see that Jesus has many names and we've been able to look at three of them, 
We missed one of them last week because I was gone, and I appreciate Pastor Peter filling in for me at the last minute. But the first message, we heard about Jesus as our wonderful counselor. Then we heard about Jesus as our mighty God. And today we're going to look at Jesus as our Prince of Peace. And the word peace here in the Old Testament is a word maybe you've heard of before. It's shalom. And it means wellness. It means wholeness. It means that I am safe inside. And the Bible in the Old Testament talks about this type of peace over 200 times. Over 200 times in the Old Testament, shalom is used to talk about peace. But two-thirds of them are times where people have a relationship with God and therefore they have peace. So it's not about peace treaties. It's not about steps to peace. It's about a relationship with God. It's about being close to God. King David was close to God. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But even he had conflict. Even he had great suffering. But he learned something about peace. In Psalm 4, 8, David says this, I will lie down and sleep in peace. I will lie down and sleep in peace. How come? For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The reason that we can have peace, even in difficult times, the reason we can have peace even in trials or in times of danger is because Shalom, our Heavenly Father, is with us, the God of peace. He gives us peace so that we are safe. He is with us. And God, our Heavenly Father, wants us to have his peace. He wants to give this as a gift to you and to me. It's a gift that only God can give, and it's a gift that you and I want. And there are four things that I believe that God would want us to know about the kind of peace that God gives us and what it means to him and what it means to you and me. And the first thing is that it is priceless. It's priceless. It's one of a kind. You aren't going to find it in the malls, and they're going to be crowded today, right? The last day before you can uh, finish your shopping. But you can't find it on Amazon either. You can't find it on Alibaba. You can't get it on eBay. There's no software for peace. There's no app for peace. Artificial intelligence can't make it up. 3D printers can't make it. Scientists can't recreate it. Politicians can't broker it. And wars could never win it. There's only one way to have peace. And we see it there in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Would you read that with me? Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It's a one of a kind. There's no other way to get it. You can't buy it. It's priceless. And God wants to give it to us. It's priceless and it's something that you can have. Each one of us. God wants to give this to us. But it's also costly. It's costly and it comes by sacrifice. Would you read with me Isaiah 53 verse 5? Let's begin. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought brought us peace was upon him 
and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus had to suffer. He was a prince, but he had to suffer. He was a prince, but he had to sacrifice. Peace is not sentimental. Peace comes through sacrifice. We would like to think that peace comes easily, but it's hard fought. It's hard won. The word prince in the Old Testament means a head. It's a head person, a person who's in charge, a, a person who rules. And Jesus, as the Prince of Peace, he brought us peace. He rules through peace. And all the principles by which he brings peace are peaceful. He didn't start a war to get peace. He didn't hurt anyone to get peace. But he himself was deeply hurt, even as the head, even as the prince. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 18 and 20, you can follow and I'll read this. And there it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is where peace began, and there were, this is where peace begins, with you and with me. That Jesus died on the cross for us. Two weeks later, after Christmas Eve, I was at this little church, and I had heard about Jesus often growing up. I had been asked, are you a Christian? just two weeks earlier, and I said, yes, I am, but I really wasn't. If somebody had said to me, and actually this friend did ask me, well, why do you think you're a Christian? I said, well, um, because I believe in God. I believe that there is a Jesus. And she said, you know, that, that's not what it means to be a Christian. On Christmas Eve at that time, I had been sitting with a friend and we were doing our natural thing that we do every Christmas Eve. We get on a bus, and in my church, we would go and do Christmas caroling. And I was sitting next to this young lady, and we were talking, and I kind of had my eyes on her, and, and I was trying to get to know her better. And, and she was telling me that being a Christian wasn't about just believing in God. It wasn't about just going to church. And because I was interested in her, and she said, well, you know, I can take you to a church someday where you can hear about the gospel of Jesus. I said, sure. You know, she was like asking me out on a date, but it was to church. Well, it was two weeks later. She took me to this church. And while we were driving to church, I remember she said to me, you know, Curtis, when you get there and you feel the Holy Spirit, don't stop him. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. I didn't read the Bible. And, and feel the Holy Spirit? That was kind of freaky, kind of scary. What would that be like? I didn't know what she meant. I was clueless. I didn't say a thing to her at all. And then I walked into the church. They were singing. And they were happy and they were filled with joy. And again, that same feeling that I had had two weeks earlier was there. Something's happening 
I don't know what it is, but something's happening. And then the pastor got up to preach, and he gave a very simple message. And I can summarize it in one sentence. To be a Christian is to be committed to Jesus Christ in a relationship. To be a Christian is to be committed to Jesus Christ in a relationship. I'd never understood that before. But it made new sense to me. It also made good sense to me. I wanted a relationship with God. I wanted what he could offer to me. I wanted his peace. I wanted his joy. I wanted to be part of his family. And if he died for me and he forgave my sins, I wanted that. I wanted his forgiveness. And so at the end of this very simple message, the pastor said to, to us, anybody, any of you, who want to make a commitment to Jesus, just come forward. Come up here and we'll pray for you. And so during the singing, the pastor gave that invitation and I knew in my heart that's what I wanted. And so I went forward. I don't really remember a whole lot about anything else other than that I went forward and I prayed and I committed my life to Jesus. And the pastor prayed for me as well. It seemed a little scary at the time, but it was like the best decision I ever made. I mean, like, suppose I said to you, I'd like to have a volunteer come up here right now and stand with me. And you're like, well, I hope somebody else volunteers because I'm not going to, right? But then I said, well, you know what? Um, I have a $1,000 bill here that I'd like to give to the first person who comes up here. And you're like, show me the $1,000 bill first. And, and you look at it, and it looks real. You're like, well, I'll take a chance. I'll go, right? Then you would come up. What well, was more than that to me? It was priceless. And I went forward, and it changed my life. And that was the beginning of this adventure of what it meant to be a Christian and to know the power of God's peace and to know the power of God's joy. I learned that it was priceless. I learned that it was costly. But at the same time, I also learned that night that it was free. See, that's all I had to do. I didn't have to pay $1,000 for it. I didn't even have to give an offering that night. All I had to do was be willing to go forward and let God take my life. It was free. In Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We cannot earn God's love. We cannot buy it, certainly. We never, ever could ever deserve it or win it. We can't be good enough to get it. It only came through his sacrifice. It came through his death. This is the great news. This is the good news. That Emmanuel, which means God with us, is our 
Prince of Peace. Not the Prince of Peace, but he is my Prince of Peace. And he can be your Prince of Peace. At any moment, it's always free. We just simply need to open ourselves up and let God fill us and give it to us. And it is very personal. It is personal for you. See, only you can receive it for you. No one else can do it for you. Your mom and your dad can't receive eternal life for you. Your mom and your dad can't give it to you. Your brother or sister can't be your proxy and pick it up for you. Only you can receive it for you. It's that personal. It's like God says, no, I want to give it to you personally. I want to give it to you face to face. And so when we come to Christmas and we hear the Christmas story and we hear these words, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests, that's the invitation of peace. Yes, Jesus came on that glorious night and he gave us the gift of God, and he came to give us peace. But it's only on those who will receive it. Those are the people on whom his favor rests. It's not automatic to the world. If it was, we'd have peace on earth. But we don't, do we? Because people have to receive it. People have to accept it. People have to believe it in their hearts They have to commit themselves to God to have this peace, this internal peace. We need it. Everyone needs it. There's these two quotes that I've always liked, and maybe you've heard them before. But again, if you have heard them before, imagine this is just the first time you ever heard them. St. Augustine said this, Because God has made us for himself, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Every one of us here was made by God. Every one of us here was made for God. And wherever there's restlessness is a sign of God's invitation of where he's speaking to you. Where he is inviting you to come to him to receive that rest and that peace. Blaise Pascal, the mathematician, said this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus. There's a God-shaped vacuum in all of us, an emptiness, maybe like a black hole, that can only be filled by the light of God himself in Jesus Christ. St. Augustine and Blaise Pascal speak for me, and they speak for us. Because there is restlessness in our hearts. Even as believers, there are times where we lose peace and we need it. There are times in our lives where we feel like there's a vacuum inside of us and there's just emptiness and we need something to fill it. Nothing will fill that. There's no gift we're going to receive tonight or tomorrow that's going to fill our heart. Only this gift today can fill our hearts. The gift of Jesus. The gift that Jesus came to give us. Jesus himself said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has come to give us his peace. He has come to help us in a world where there is trouble. We all face trouble. I experienced that beginning my third year of my Christian life. And I continued to experience that trouble for many years. But God didn't give up on me. It took about four or five years. But God won me back. And he began to do a new work in my life. He began to do a heart work in my life. His peace began to have a new fruit in my life. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus works his peace in our lives. And in both of these verses, we see where he works that peace. He works it in our heart. He works it in our soul. He works it in the places that are deep within us. And so I want to ask you right now, is there a place in your heart where you know you need, where you want peace? Is there a place in your heart, in your soul, where you say, you know what, God, I feel that need, and I want you to fill it? I want you, God, to give me what you promised me at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace. I want to give us just a moment of quiet now to pray, and to listen for God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us and for your goodness and for your grace. And Father, we pray that even now you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Father, for everyone here who has sensed your calling into them right now. They feel something. They sense something. They're thinking of something. But inside they know they want to respond to you. And so where is that place that you want to respond to Jesus? Maybe you're going through a trial and you just really need his peace. There's trouble and you need his peace. There's conflict and you long for his peace. Maybe you just want to be certain of your relationship with God and you need his peace to recommit, to reaffirm your faith in him want that peace again and maybe you just aren't sure you know you've never really given your life to Jesus but you're ready now and you want that peace Lord we pray that even now in these moments your spirit would move and our hearts respond in Jesus name